this episode is sponsored by LexHex, a free retro game show styled word game available now for iPhone and iPad. And guess what? It stars me, Ben Padden, as the voice of the announcer. That's the voice I'm doing now. I'm not intentionally trying to t- sound like a, 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 a twat. Play against up to three other people online, in real time, or hit the daily challenge for a solo experience. Quickly gem out a bunch of small words for quick points, or go after longer, high-value words for maximum score. It's fun, it's free, and you can get it right now off the App Store on your iOS device. Find out more about it at LexHex.com. That's L-E-X-H-E-X dot com. Hello and welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm a, a Dalek? Is that what I am this week? Y- yeah. Am I g- is that, are those the ones that exterminate you? Yeah, those are, those yeah, are the I'm exterminating one of, I'm one ones. of those. Yeah, I'm a Dalek. How, how are you? We don't, here's the thing. We haven't for a few weeks just asked each other, how are you doing? We haven't done that. How are you? How I'm, are you? I'm tired. I was in Boston all weekend. So I'm really, you know, I'm really jet lagged and worn out. Uh, just so you know, um, you were late because I was. I did know I was. I know I was an hour and six minutes late. Thank you for reminding no, me. No, I was referring to having arrived in Boston because I was in Boston for PAX East. Oh, in okay, yeah, March, and I assume that's why you would have flown in with something. Yeah, no, I went to go see you, but I got real mixed up, and I accidentally booked my flight six months late. Yes. That so, was a big oopsie on my part. Oopsie doodle. It happens. Also, you were late to recording, and. Uh, I don't want to make a like a federal case out of it. Because I had a, there was a baby that I had to tend to. You, you no, there is a, a kitten. Do we speak about the kitten last week? The kitten has been mentioned in at least one previous episode. Let's have a let's have a brief uh, Molly Molly unexpected pregnancy kitten update. <laughs> um, he's doing well. He's about two weeks old now, so his eyes are open and his lungs are all the way open, and his favorite activity is just screaming in the middle of the night, like most babies, just howling, yes. wailing. Just, you know that scene where in Harry Potter where they pull the mandrake out? It doesn't yeah. not sound like that. <laughs> would you describe it as more uh, mournful or sorrowful? Um, I would describe it as grating, <laughs> uh, demanding, unceasing, maddening is another good word to describe this sound. But Timber is in love with this kitten, so I let it slide because I love my wife. <laughs> And uh, the, obviously the kitten has been given uh, a name. Oh, yes. And what is the kitten's? The kitten's name, Timber named him um, Lil Fuck. <laughs> because we had a really hard time getting him to latch the first day we had him. And she swore at him a lot. It's short for you little fucker. I'm glad that it's 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 a truncated... Yes. You had some... Did you have some... Tr- I feel like I'm giving you an interview. Yes, I feel like this is yes. like 60 minutes. Uh-huh. You had some difficulty, I understand, um, getting the... Uh, kitten's name entered at the local vets. Oh, they just asked us to spell it a bunch of times. If you want to, if you folks at home, if you want to write a letter to Lil Fuck, here's how you need to spell it. It's L I L apostrophe F U K. Yes, and you can send those emails to show at <laughs> Any well wishes for Lil Fuck? We will definitely read them to him. Um, him, right? Him. Definitely him. Him. So, no- yeah, we went to the vet and they were like, yep, that's a dick. 
And then obviously, then and then we show them the kit. <laughs> it's when you leave yeah. it on the table like that. The, the no, joke, not the fine. dick or the kitten. Um, ah. So what movie are we doing this week? I don't know why you're asking me because you you're the one who cares. I lost the questions here. Okay, I lost the questions. A Doctor Who and the Great Dalek Adventure. That's so close. It's Doctor Who and the Daleks. Oh, I was really close. Starring Peter Cushing, who you might recognize as um, Grand Moff Tarkin from the first Star Wars, and a bunch. The gaunt, pinchy one. The gaunt, pinchy one, yes. He was also uh, recreated digitally. I remember how one. creepy that was. Yeah, it was like, he. it looks like someone else was wearing his skin, is what yeah. it looked like. And then he's, he's... I mean, he already looked like he was kind of wearing someone else's skin. So it was like a skinception sort of situation. Yeah. He he has this skeletal structure <laughs> over which skin is stretched. <laughs> um, very, very taut. He's just like a human snare drum. Yeah, he's... Like, how is... I feel like you could, like, bounce a quarter on his cheek. <laughs> I feel like you could use his cheek to, like, slice cheese. You know, like a cheese knife. What? Because he has very sharp... Oh, very... okay. Like the bones in his cheek. Yeah. Not like You would take the skin off. Up. Okay. You, you always want to debone your Peter Cushing <laughs> before using his anatomy to slice your cheeses. So how much do you know about this movie? Nothing. Cool. And um, I, I don't even know what a Dalek is. Like, I know what one looks like. Yeah. I know they're... Okay, here's my understanding of what a Dalek is. Me, whose entire Doctor Who knowledge base comes from what I've seen on Tumblr. They're angry... Yep. ...robots. Sort of. There's a squiggly bit that lives in the middle. um, They've got little racket balls on them. Racket balls? That's what they look... The balls? Yeah. Huh, Okay. That's in, an interesting interpretation. Okay, never mind. No, no, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> what else do they have on their person? Um, well, I'm looking at one right now because you have one on your desk. So that's kind of cheating. They've got little, a little. There's a little plunger, and there's what yes. looks like a really long Christmas light bulb. Yeah. Um, Why not? And then they've got like a little helmet on top with antenna, and um, yeah, they're really angry all the time. Yeah, they're pretty cross because their father left them. Yes, that's oh, actually. You know what? That is shockingly accurate. <laughs> um, I just assume that's why everyone's angry. Is there something that you want to talk about? Nothing that you don't already know. Yes, yeah, that's, that's fair and true. Um, yeah, that pretty much sums up the Daleks pretty well. Yay! They're they're angry half robot. Space Nazis. Okay. Um, Are they half robot like their mother was a robot and their father was a human and he was a dick and he left and they've been trying to like fill the void ever since by killing people? Uh, Is that what they do? They do kill. Okay. There isn't a tremendous amount of killing that takes place in this movie. I assume that they kill, they're like the Orkin man because they're exterminators. So they come in and they're like, oh, you you got termites? Like, we'll take care of that. You got a terrible case of humans. This building is riddled <laughs> with humans. This planet is covered in them. Uh, we are going to have to lay down some traps. That's not super authentic but it's it's in the, I'd say that's probably 20 to 40 percent of it yeah Daleks uh were created for the BBC television series Doctor Who yeah no I got that cool by a chap named Terry Nation and you can tell I'm getting British because I referred to him chap. in the chat yeah no, that was um, cute oh this is gonna be fun brilliant it's like, I didn't it's know that like this the the Doctor way. Who turned on your Britishness like it, a fun little switch talking about Doctor I'm, do, I'm doing I don't get to see super British Ben very often he does not come out no. terribly frequently it's no. weird to hear you say the 
British words. The British words, yes. Those three words specifically, the British words. The British words. words. Yeah, everything else is very American. I have a very thick American accent that I've cultivated in my 11 plus years in this country. And now talking about Doctor Who, it's it's, it's It's eroded. The facade has evaporated. So the, the Daleks were created. They were a huge, huge hit for the TV series. And Britain went crazy for Daleks. Toys, books, costumes, merchandise, all of it. But why? Because, they're, I mean, they're such an iconic shape. But they I mean, kill you. I mean, they do, but they're also... It, 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 it boils down, I think, to three things. Firstly, they're a very simple shape, but they're kind of physically imposing. This one's about... I'm, the toy I'm holding right now is from, like, Matt Smith's first season where they did the Power Rangers Daleks. That's not super great. So let me bring up a different Dalek. This one is a little bit more... This, I mean, this, this one is very a, helpful for the listeners at home. Yeah, this one has a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, it does. It does. But this is the more traditional shape of the Dalek. They're a very simple shape. They're very like physically imposing. And I've like stood in the room with a Dalek. I've climbed inside big? of a Dalek. They're, I mean, they're how big are they compared to a human person? Um, they are shorter than me. They are taller than you. Okay, so um, like six foot. These ones were the Imperial. Are they Imperial? The like the new paradigm Daleks were about six, somewhere between six and six four. Because I remember okay. them being about my height. For some reason, I thought they were like four foot tall. No, they're not. I've quite. never seen one to scale. <laughs> they're not quite. No, um, but I would say that they are, they're about your height, maybe taller. Okay, um, so that would so I would be scared if I walked yeah. in a room with this, and you would be like, be "I'm bigger I would, than I would that." Just stand, you would just yeah. step on it. Yeah, yeah. You you, you would have to, you know wear a t shirt that said "Don't step on me" with a, a snake and a Dalek just running. Oh, don't over. tread on me. I'm tired. Don't step on me sounds kind of sexual. Don't step on me. I can't think of the "Don't tread on me" snake without that cartoon that comic that someone did where it's like joining like a childish like kid friendly version uh with the caption no steppy i think i've seen that yeah that sounds cute yeah but um the daleks uh what were the three things iconic shape they're an iconic they have an iconic shape they have an iconic voice yeah Um, do the voice do the voice for me no (laughs) okay never mind um they no no but (laughs) no but no (laughs) <laughs> no, but I won't do the voice. <laughs> they have this very, it's very kind of, well, if I feel like if I yell out, I'm going to blow out the microphone. That's my big fear. It's not, it's uh-huh. not podcast friendly. Uh-huh. Um, what if you turned around and did it into the corner? Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to do it. All right. Um, I'm going to go over here and do it. So they have this voice. They kind of talk like this all the time. Like that. Like it's very like, sh- like high. And That's they have, like, they have like, um, uh, not a vocoder effect, but they they add like a, a, a distortion effect to mm, the voice yeah. to make it sound a little bit more mechanical. Um, that was beautiful. Thank you very much. They're very easily imitated. So when the Daleks appeared on I TV, I don't feel like I could do. Well, that I mean, with it's they mostly just go around going exterminate. So you'd have like kids like running around the playground holding their arms out like the limbs on a Dalek, yeah. yelling exterminate at their friends, like the plunger and yeah. the Christmas light. Yeah, the, most people uh, their their pull is an egg whisk. Oh. I think because the one I'm looking at is a model, yeah. the the whisk part looks like it's the dimensions of a Christmas light. Yeah, I, I kind of see where you're going with that. But yeah, but, um, so they have an iconic shape. They're very easily imitated and uh, they look cool. Like they, 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 there was nothing else like them on British TV at the time. Like I, I, this is kind of our Robbie the Robot from Lost in Space, except it wants to kill you. But the Daleks, because of their popularity, there was a lot of merchandise. And then this movie was made to capitalize on the popularity of the Daleks 
as a a merchandising force for nature. In fact, the second movie, which is which doesn't even have Doctor Who's name in the title of the film, is just called Daleks Invasion Earth twenty one fifty. Like the Doctor doesn't even get a look in. That movie was in part financed by I think General Mills. What? Yeah. I'm did, sure. they, did they? Did the Daleks like take a big bite of cereal at one point and say like? It might have been Quaker Oats. Mm. Um, it's set in a post-apocalyptic London, but there are still ads for breakfast cereal. Oh my everywhere. god! Yeah, it was pretty pretty ropey. But that one came out the following year. If you are even remotely interested, and I can tell from your face that you are not, um, this these movies we're only watching the first one because I would not make you watch Thank both you. of them back to back. So thoughtful. We'll come to the second one later because mm. it's fucking ridiculous um this movie does not take place within the continuity of the tv series i feel like i remember you mentioning yeah. that that there's a totally new doctor it's it's who's Peter just like Cushing. a one-off yeah he, yeah he's a human whose name is literally doctor who no that's who, not who, I, I know that that's not how it works <laughs> yeah a lot of we've just kind of accepted the, okay. the movies as a thing. This is they bad because I already know so little about Doctor Who and this is just going to like mess me up. And I'm worried that I'm going to be like trying to have a conversation with someone <laughs> and they're going to be like, oh yeah, like who's your favorite doctor? That's okay. And well, I'll be like, Peter Cushing. Yeah, that's the fine. only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of went into a Dalek voice there. Um, but yeah, I mean... No, because I think saying Peter Cushing is your favorite doctor, that is a power play. Yeah, that that's a great a way to like move. end the conversation, yeah. which is what I want at that yeah. point. That's the whole <laughs> that's the whole interaction. But the, the the movie we're about to watch, Doctor Who and the Daleks, is an adaptation of the BBC TV series serial, uh The Daleks. The BBC TVC. The BBC TVC. Uh the the Doctor Who serial The Daleks, which was a six part story. So there's been a lot of I'm gonna. I don't want to spoil this for you because this is fucking ridiculous. This whole film, um, but there are a lot of very liberal changes made to the source material. Well, I even pick up on them because I'm. Oh heavens no! But pretty ignorant. I think that's kind of. I'm very interested to see how you react to this movie because my exposure to people who react to this movie, they're reacting to it based on the fact that they're already Doctor Who fans. The fact that this is, this is kind of, the, you know what this is exactly like? This is like how my first exposure to Sailor Moon was the live okay, action series. Yeah, That's that, what this is. Okay. Um, except that... I don't not feel like a virgin being sacrificed to a volcano right now. Okay. Well, there, were, there were no, there's no actual sacrifice, 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 sacrificing. Do you have any last comments before your Doctor Who... Deflowering. Deflowering. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to keep my... My heart open to this experience. <laughs> Please do. And just take it at face value. Because we only have this moment right here. And I encourage you all to tell your friends and loved ones how you feel. Because you never know. <laughs> You're not dying. <laughs> Should we go away and watch the movie? I guess we have to. Because <laughs> this is what we elected to do. Don't worry, you'll get your own back next week as a Barbie movie. I can't wait. All right, well, we're going to go away and watch Doctor Who and the Daleks. We will be right back after these insanely old commercial messages. Will Doctor Who skate this time? By Wool's new shape Skyray with double flavors of raspberry and orange. And you get a free color picture card. One of a series showing Doctor Who and the Space Raiders battling with Daleks. Free. When you buy Wall's new shape Skyray, only six months. We are back. Mm -hmm. We watched that movie. Mm -hmm. 
why? You you picked it. Yes, yes, I did. I made that choice, and we both have to suffer the yeah. consequences, as is typically the case with with this podcast. <sighs> How do we feel? How do you feel? I feel like something has been taken from me. What was taken? My- Other than eighty six minutes. <laughs> of my, life. my my Doctor Who innocence was taken from me. Now, do you feel this was the best possible introduction to <gasps> Doctor Who? I can't know that, can I? Because <laughs> this is all I have. <laughs> it reminded me of like if the sixties era Mouseketeers did Doctor Who. Mm, yes. This movie is so sixties; it hurts. It's well. I mean, the fact that it was it was produced and released in 1965, and it absolutely shows everything in about it. The way it was shot, the acting, the frame composition, the music. The mu- oh god, the music! Yeah, as a as a film, it is not particularly rich in content, I guess. <laughs> but I also think that's that's almost uh, a symptom of the serial of the TV series from which it is adapted, which also features, other than the Daleks, quite a lot of nothing happening. Mm. And the fact that they're able to cut down two and a half hours of nothing happening down to about an hour and 20, we've benefited from Yeah, that. it wasn't as long or as draggy as it could have been. And I appreciate that. Do we want to hit the beats of the plot? I want to hit something okay. after watching that. It's inter- It's interesting watching you pass this film through the lens of someone for whom your exposure to Doctor Who is basically this and that one Christmas special that we watched. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, Molly would stop and ask me a question, such as, what are the Daleks saying? <laughs> They're so hard to understand, and uh, this movie doesn't have subtitles. Yeah, the DVD that I have does not have a subtitle track for uh, this film, so it's, it's... It's not ADA compliant. So the film... <laughs> The film opens with eight full calendar years of opening titles, letting us know the names of every individual who contributed in some small way to the production of this film. Um, The classic Doctor Who theme plays over the top. Oh, is that what that was? No, it was not. Okay. No. I can't tell. I don't know. (laughs) It's just this piece of music that the only way I can think to describe it is we need to write, record, and insert this theme into the movie Basically now, what can you give us? Anyway, so we have we have a lot of opening titles. So we have many. lengthy opening titles. It was the sixties and that's how they did it back then. But yeah. we as a species have evolved past that. Now the credits go at the end. Yeah, they front loaded almost all of the credits. And uh we pan across a living room where a young girl, Susan, is what reading a book about particle physics and Another uh, not quite as young girl who is Barbara is reading some Barbara's a grown woman. Yeah, she's basically yeah she's she's a te- an adult. Yeah, she's like uh, like late teens, early twenties. No, she's like a grown up. She's forty seven. She's all the way a grown up. She's grown up. She doesn't act like a grown up. No. The actress has grown up. The character. But a lot of not. a lot of the characters in this who are adults do not act like grown ups. Yeah. Um, I am going to look up how old the actress was. And then we pan over to Doctor Who, for that is his given name, reading a comic book. What's, oh, what's sixty five minus thirty nine? Hey, Google, what is 65 minus 39? The answer is 26. Okay, I was off by 10. So she's a grown adult woman. So yeah, we pan across. Susan's reading her science textbook. Barbara is reading her history book. It's a science. Also a science book. It's also a science book. And the doctor, Doctor Who, Peter Cushing as Doctor Who, is reading a comic book. Doctor Reginald Who. Doctor Reginald Val Johnson Who (laughs) is reading a comic book. And then there's a knock at the door. And uh, it's Barbara's boyfriend, Ian, 
who uh, proceeds to Dick Van Dyke straight into the grandfather clock in the hallway. He accidentally gives Doctor Who the chocolates that he wanted to give to Barbara. Um, he puts the chocolates down. He immediately sits on them. There's a joke about the chocolates having a soft center. And then he almost, but doesn't, sit on an electrical component that, that Doctor Who... killed him? Yeah, that almost certainly would have killed him. And then Doctor Who's like, hey, while you're here, let's check out my uh, my latest invention. And they go to the backyard, and there's a blue phone box standing there. Ooh. Ooh. Well, Ian's like, what's a phone box? And then he sticks his head in, and it's bigger on the inside. I know. I knew that about. Yes. This is, this is, I mean, this is Doctor Who 101, except for the part where his name is actually Doctor Who. I can't, I know that I cannot trust this movie because all of the lore is wrong. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how to parse the information. It's like a bastardized version of Doctor Who. Like, I was like, I know all of this is wrong, but I don't know what's right. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know where to store this. Well, I will tell you that Barbara, Ian, and Susan are characters in the classic series. Oh, they are? But Susan, Susan's cool. Susan is older in the in the TV series. She's like 16, like 15, 16, and is the Doctor's granddaughter. Barbara is Susan's science teacher, and Ian is Susan's history teacher. And I might in have this one, up. they were All sisters? kids. Yeah, they're sisters. They're both the Doctor's granddaughters. So it's like a Barbie and Kelly kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. and this, this film does also open up with uh, uh, Susan and Doctor Who like doing ballet, and Susan says she can't do it. <laughs> and then Doctor Who proceeds to tell a story about a time-traveling idiot. Yeah. See, that joke only makes sense if you've been listening to the podcast. So go back and listen to all of them. All of them, right now. Don't listen to this show out of Please, sequence. No. And don't listen to this episode either, because well, it's no, not going to be good. Do listen to, to this one, but just remember that we, we this show does have a very, um, I want to say robust and complex narrative that has been weaving through. If you've been the... paying attention, you've been um, like logging all the clues and all the ciphers that we've had. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously everyone who Four. finds... Everyone who finds all of the the hidden, you know, clues and 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 references that we've scattered and throughout the, the twenty four episodes. And yes, um, where there's we've, a lot of stuff. Uh, if you do find all of those and you send an email to cipher at thelifetoyetic dot com, uh, you could uh, win a prize, and the prize is uh, we will give you your life back. <laughs> I think I have to set that email address up now. <laughs> send us all the clues you find. Yeah. So they go inside. It's just called TARDIS. It's not the TARDIS. It's just TARDIS. The T is the. Yeah. The awesome, really dumb. Uh, dumb. Idiot system. <laughs> the awesome, really dumb idiot system. <laughs> so they're inside TARDIS. Oh, God. It hurts. Calling him Doctor Who and describing the TARDIS <laughs> See, as this is, TARDIS. This is fine for me. Cause... This hurts. I did make the observation while we were watching this movie that it, it hurt both of us for very different Yeah, reasons. we were both suffering, but on different yeah. levels. Uh, <laughs> so they're inside the TARDIS. They're inside TARDIS shit. No, you don't have to... No, I don't want you to hurt yourself. It always hurts. They're inside the, the fake TARDIS. Yeah. The fake doctor is there. Doctor Who plugs the, no, the bullshit Pete, machine. Peter. Peter Do- Who. Doctor Cushing. Peter Who. Peter Cushing Who. Plugs the machine that Ian almost sat on into the wall, and then Ian, in true Dick Van Dyke fashion, accidentally bumps a big red lever with his bum. Oh my god. And uh, the TARDIS is set, sent hurtling through time and space, uh, and they arrive in a petrified jungle. This is very green. Uh. 
So lots of green lighting, making uh, good use of the, the, the technicolor. They're exploring. Susan's just pulling bits of tree off of bits of trees. As children do. She finds a flower. Ian crushes it. They find a petrified lizard creature. Ian, Ian crushes, crushes it. it. Ian um, is Godzilla in this movie. And then they, they see a city off in the distance. And Doctor Who is all, oh, we should go and explore this city. And Ian says, we should absolutely go back because I was supposed to be taking your granddaughter for dinner. Like, Yeah, that. I'm really hungry. We have reservations at Chili's. <laughs> and, he really um, strikes me as more of a BJ's. But he's about to get that pizookie. <laughs> okay, they're going to go get a pizookie at BJ's. One, they're going to share one they have to split. They're big. He needs to keep his, that ass tight. <laughs> He's a very tight. Everyone, no, butt. everyone in this movie has really well-fitting pants and really tight buns, except for the ones who are not of the age of consent. Yeah, no, we the ones. Well, she's this. not wearing pants, so no, we, she's can't, a dress, we don't know fine. what's under there. He's <laughs> got those under a very weird place. <laughs> Susan, in, Susan thinks someone like, a hand reaches out and touches Susan on the shoulder. She runs off to cry about it. Um, Which is what what I would do if I'm if I I was at home I was reading a book it's a school night and my grandpa puts me in a box and takes <laughs> me to an alien planet where everything's dead. Yeah, it's a good it's it's a good time. But yeah, there's this there's this alien city and the and, and Doctor Who is all I keep wanting to call him the Doctor. Just call him no Peter fucking I Cushing. can't I can't do it. You're gonna. Every single time you're going to be like, Doctor Who, oh, I hate saying that. Yes, I am. And it's going to be great for our listeners who are going to love it. And for you who has to edit this show. Doctor Who says, we should go and explore the city. And Ian says, absolutely not. We need to fucking bounce, yo. His words exactly. This one was very ahead of its time in terms of linguistics. So they go back to to TARDIS and Doctor Who is looking... (laughs) I love seeing the pain (laughs) on your face. (laughs) Doctor Who... They pull the lever and they can't take off. And Doctor Who's all, oh, the fluid link needs to be refilled with mercury. I guess there's some in the city. What a coinky doodle. Let's let's march onwards. And then it just cuts to them arriving in the city. city. Like, imagine, I, I liken it to like, imagine if the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy was just, they leave the Shire and then just arrive at Mordor. That is what happens in this sequence. So they're just there. They just, they're like, well, obviously there's going to be some murk over here. Let's do the dumbest thing we could possibly do in any movie and just split, split up. up. Let's just separate, go our own ways. Uh, so Barbara goes through one door, Doctor Who and Susan go through another, and Ian fucks about with a middle door because every time he goes to approach it, the door closes. But when he sits on the... Very far away panel. Yeah, it's a very... It's, I remember a level like this in Ocarina of Time where you have to, like, drag something over and put it on the button. Yeah, you put a crate on there. And yeah. Then, and then you and can he, go There are the... no crates about, so he just runs back and forth. Yeah. Ian, bless him, he's just, like, the white person in every infomercial. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Barbara's going off and exploring on her own. Susan and Doctor Who show up, I guess having explored their corridor. Yeah, they kind of make a loop and nothing happens. It's yeah. So... <sighs> they work together to hold the door open and then... And then they all run in. They don't go through it because they, no, they hear Barbara screaming, I think they right? hear Bar- Barbara yeah. screaming. Oh my God, this woman. And every time anything remotely startling happens, her instinct is to just like... <gasps> Belt at full volume. Ah! Like. We've all done it. We've all stubbed our toe and gone. 
And just exhaled and just, it's, raw it's, energy. That's the kind of scream that is your body has to be relaxed to make that kind of noise. It's not a noise that someone makes when they're actually in distress. It sounds like I'm a woman and I want attention right now. It sounds it sounds like we need you to scream for the ADR track and we need it loud and we need it high and, and sustained. And sustained. Just scream for as long as you can. Lift your soft palate, like use your diaphragm and just just push that sound out. We are not looking for realistic. We are looking for, what is the word? Visceral. We are looking for immersive. We want an immersive scream from you right now, actress who is playing Barbara, whose name I've immediately If you forgotten. were in the pit of despair and you were strapped up to the machine, I need that the kind yeah. of sound you would make if 50 years of your life had been sucked away. I want you to imagine in a, in, in a couple of decades' time that there's this movie that's going to be released. We'll call it The NeverEnding Story. And I want you to imagine the sound that would come out of you if you were to, and again, this is purely hypothetical, watch a unicorn gets sucked into a... He's not a unicorn. Is it not a, a unicorn? Horse. Listen, I was, I was on a really you good You know where tangent. I thought you were going with that? Is if you had... If there were, say, like an empress and you had to, like, give her a name during a storm, like, what would that name be? <laughs> Go. <laughs> just give me... Just scream inarticulately. Yeah. It's a, it's a good scream it's just yeah. not appropriate there and there are a lot of instances where people scream like that yes like when when they're falling off of things or when they're startled by something there's a lot of noise it's a noisy movie there's a lot of interesting foley and adr there's just so many interesting choices in this yeah. film so they're hot on the child to find barbara and instead of finding barbara they find i want to say every single dalek there are a lot of them and it's interesting because in the bbc series the introduction to the daleks is Barbara at a dead end of a corridor and we kind of have a Dalek's POV and the egg whisk and the plunger is kind of in its field mm -hmm. of view. And the Dalek closes in on Barbara, rolling credits for that episode. We don't see a Dalek and we mm. we just see Barbara in distress because that's what the 60s was about, putting women in situations that make them scream. Yeah, it's a good thing that we've moved past that. We've definitely moved past that and we're in more enlightened times now. But they And they they didn't show that in this movie. What they did instead was implied she'd been taken and then had everyone else get kidnapped yeah. by the Daleks. It is at this point I have to point out that the Daleks... Gorgeous though they, they look, they're, they're big, beautiful. they're imposing, they're colourful, they're beautiful. So shiny. But they're wrong. Because on the TV show they have those hexagonal bases, um, kind of like this. Yeah, I see the one that you're holding up. Yes. And uh, and these the, the lights are a little bit more... In the classic series, a little bit more mini-metro, the little round lights. And mm -hmm. here they look like someone's like finished a yogurt and licked it clean and glued <laughs> it to the top of the Daleks. You're not wrong. Like, like red Solo cups is what they look like on top of the Daleks. They don't look, quite look right. They still look really cool. And in fact, the BBC ended up buying these Dalek props to use on the mm -hmm. show. So they made their debut on the TV series before they appeared in the movie. I'm going to stop talking about Daleks now. And instead, we're going to talk about they're in Dalek jail. And they're all very sick. Oh yeah, they've got radiation poisoning. Surprise, they're all gonna die. They're all gonna die. And they die at the end. Um, that's the whole movie. So, what did you think? <laughs> they did, we did skip the part where they found a box of drugs by TARDIS. Oh yeah, there's a point where they're rooting around around the TARDIS and they, they find what looks like a Sephora eyeshadow palette. <laughs> 
It's full of drugs. But it's full of drugs. There's just little vials in there of some sort of pink liquid. Yeah. And they just call it the drugs. It's just the drugs. The drugs. Throughout the whole movie, give Susan the drugs. Give Susan the drugs. It's a, it's a, it's a child accepting, gladly accepting drugs from a strange it's a, man. This is, no, this film really, it's about a child smuggling drugs <gasps> across state lines. Susan's into the a dogs. drug mule. She's a drug mule. Susan. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. But also not very. Susan's cool, though. I feel like she's pretty savvy. She's pretty on the ball. <sighs> what happens next? Um, They're all dying of radiation poisoning. Yes. Um, and and uh, yeah, they a Dalek, need the drugs or something. Yeah, Dalek shows up. Dalek realizes they have the drugs. <laughs> or do they leave the drugs in the TARDIS? Jeez, I don't know. I, I can't. Think, I think they found oh, the... Jesus, ass. They fa- no, it's... <laughs> They found the drugs on the ground, mm-hmm. and I guess they put them. They must have put them in the TARDIS for safekeeping. Yes, yes. Because at okay. one point, Susan has to go back and and retrieve them. Yeah, because that's what happens now. Is they're like, well, it's radiation poisoning. We're all gonna die. But it's cool because maybe that's what the drugs were for. They just kind of make that logical leap, and uh, the Daleks overhear all this because there's a camera in the in the cell, and uh, say, well, one of you can go back to your ship and get the drugs. And Susan's like, well. I'm the only one who has a fucking clue. <laughs> I'm the I'm the least incompetent member Ugh. of our little group. So she goes off to uh, to get the drugs, and while she's in the TARDIS, that's when your favorite character Yay! shows up. Tell us about your what favorite is his character. Name? Um, the actor's name is Barry Ingham. It's a good name. It's a strong um, name. Al Al Aladon Aladon. I don't remember them saying his name. It's something along those lines. I think his name was said once or twice. But you looked him up. Um, I looked him up. Apparently he was the voice of Basil of Baker Street. Very nice. Which is probably where most people would know him from. But I got very excited when I saw that he was in Josh Kirby Time Warrior. No, I don't know anything about Josh Kirby most Time Warrior. Most people don't. So you were in the majority. But he plays Irwin 1138, which is the, the scientist man. And it's... Josh Kirby is a series of six terrible films <laughs> that I think we might have to watch, if not for Patreon, like at least for funsies, because it okay. is absurd. When are these films from? They're from the 90s. Okay. And I, re- I remember watching them as a very small child and then watching them again as like a teenager. How much of their core premise has been lifted wholesale from Doctor Who? Quite a bit. There is cool. time travel. There mm-hmm. is going to other dimensions there are there are aliens Mm -hmm. um josh kirby has to be experienced if you kids at home want to look it up you owe it to yourself to at least see what i'm talking about better or worse than this so much worse worse than anything you can imagine really so and there are six (laughs) of them and we have to watch there are six of them there are six of of these awful movies yes all right well i'm adding those to the patreon list immediately yeah so there's planet of the dino knights Human Pets, Trapped on Toy World, Eggs from 70 Million BC, Journey to the Magic Cavern, and Last Battle for the Universe. Isn't Journey to the Magic Cavern that podcast? The D&D one. Yeah, yeah. Where he's getting, getting like a loose Wi-Fi signal, so he decides to record a podcast. <laughs> yes, that's that's what the fifth Josh Kirby film is about. Very pleased to hear that. So Susan is talking to your Sephora boy. <laughs> he has a really strong eye. Everything about this man screams... I don't think it's fashionable to say these words anymore, but on fleek. Like, he's he's definitely hashtag 100. <laughs> he puts a lot of time and effort into his brow game. And it pays off? Yeah, he's a pro with that liquid liner. Yeah, he looks fantastic. 
uh, his his race, he's he's a member of a race of people called the Thals, who are basically they took white people and covered them in talcum powder. Tal- talcum, talcum powder. powder? Talcum powder. It looks like you've seen those like TLC specials, or it was like they gave me too much silver nitrate when I was a child. <laughs> Like, the only thing we had in the UK that was even vaguely like that was that girl who had drunk too much Sunny Delight and her skin went orange. What? This was shortly after Sunny Delight was first introduced in the Uk, which was like the mid to late 90s. and this girl drank so much Sunny I'm just Delight Google Sunny D girl. Turned orange. Oh, thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's take a look at this lady. We are continuing our trend of trying to avoid talking about anything that is even remotely. There's pictures of Oompa Loompas showing up. I do not see any. Actual I think there are no pictures of, of the girl for reasons of privacy. Oh, because she was a child. She was a very young child, but it was in it was on the news and everything in the UK. Yeah, I mean, vitamin C does that. That's why carrots turn you orange. Yeah. Right? There's also that one person in. Or is it the beta carotene? I don't fucking know. I'm not a scientist like Susan. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I had pushed the movie out, so I thought you were just like taking like taking a shot at someone you knew named Susan, who was a scientist and who also wronged you in some way. And the only way you can exact revenge is to you know sully her good name yeah. or podcast with 150 to 200 listeners every week. Susan knows what she did. She does. She's deeply flawed as a human being. Yeah, because she takes drugs from strange men. She does. Uh, so this is literally what happens. Like, he gives her more drugs and says, yeah, we came to this part of the world. Because we're hungry. We're hungry and we don't have any food, you see. And uh, sorry, I distracted myself by burping in the middle of that entire start, exchange. Start no, it's, it's, committed to, it's, it's committed to recording and we have to push forward. Okay. I want this to be over. I want this to be over more than you do. I... Doubt that very I much. I hate everything that has okay, happened no, to okay, me. Okay, then we're. And this was my choice, and I am filled. Yeah, you did. You with did regret. this. No, but this is how I felt with Jim. Yeah, the, I did this. I wrought this. We need a good one. I think after Barbie, we should pick something that is. Less. Barbie's gonna be good. Is it? I think Fairytopia is the next one. I I'm always on the fence because they've been Here, some of. We've had one fine. really good one. With you know what you're gonna is love is it the one with Kelsey Grammer or the one with it was Kelsey Grammer was the good one. Kelsey right? Grammer was in um uh, Swan Lake. Swan Lake, so, so no. Know. Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston was, oh, was in Rapunzel. Yeah, that was the moderately decent. You were, one. if if in fact Fairytopia is the next Barbie movie, you are going to love it because it features a character called Bibble, and if you don't know who Bibble is, you will recognize him because he is now a meme. Apparently, this is Bibble. <laughs> oh no. Oh no! Why? Do you recognize the meme? I think I've seen this meme. There's a meme, if you've seen it, of a little blue critter screaming and you can see all his teeth. That's Bibble. And he is from Fairytopia. We are dancing around this meme. We are doing everything we can to avoid the task at hand. (laughs) Which is to relive this movie in gruesome detail. Yeah, so as Bestos or whatever his name is says, uh... Here's some other drugs. We're trying to find food because everything's radioactive here. Yeah. And Susan's like, okay, cool. And she goes back to the Daleks. Yeah. And the Daleks immediately discover that she's hiding additional... Well, what's-his-face gives gives her his coat, his cloak, his little mm. shower curtain. That... It's definitely a shower curtain. Yeah. It's obviously it's, a shower but curtain. He wears it like a cloak, but it's clearly his, like his mom's shower curtain. Yeah, his mom's going to be so pissed when she gets home. So pissed, you guys. And also, he's been into her makeup. <laughs> no, that's his. <laughs> that's his. He he He's comfortable and confident in who he is. 
He probably worked at Sephora to put himself through college. Yeah. Got that great. What is the staff discount at Sephora? I don't know. Oh, that was oddly defensive. No, I no, because I feel like I should know because my brother-in-law used to work there. Text him. It's pro. <laughs> Do you want me to text? He's probably at work. Actually, no, he's on the East Coast, so he's probably out having a good time with his buds. Yeah, just send him a text. Hey, what is the stuff discount at Sephora? You want me to text him right now? If he responds before the end of this recording, <laughs> we'll have an exclusive for the podcast. A global exclusive. You can't beat that kind of, I, it's you know, been a while red hot. I texted him, so I'm going to have to like go into my contact. <laughs> He's probably going to be like, I thought there was an emergency. <laughs> Molly's texting me. Something. What does it mean? Something must have happened. Guys, I'm going to take a 15. I'm just going to step outside. My, my sister's texting me and it must be urgent. Step. You know, I could Google this. No. No. We need insider information. What if I Googled it and I told you I texted him? Because if I text him and ask, he's probably going to tell me to Google it. It's going to be good podcast audio either way. Oh, he, okay, he just texted me back. <laughs> uh, yes. My brother-in-law, Google. 20% off regular brand name products. 40% off Sephora brand products. Oh, I was going to guess 40%. So that's I was going to guess bad. 20%. Nice, so we were so both, we're both right, right. Even though neither of us actually vocalized our guesses and have no way of verifying what okay. we've said today. This is the quality content you come to us for. This is what this podcast is all about. You know, there are people who are probably listening to this because I tweet a lot about Doctor Who. So they're probably going to be like, yeah, Ben's going to doing a podcast. It's about Doctor Who. It's going to be good. And they're coming no. away with all this good Sephora content. No, this is, this is what you get because this is not Doctor Who. This is a different Doctor this Who. Is, this is Dr. Peter Cushing Who. Cushing yes. hyphen who. <laughs> Cushing hyphen Cushing who. who. Hyphen who. Who are you Cushing? Um, so, yeah, the Daleks are like, yeah, go get... They had told the um, the group that they were going to share the meds with them. Even though it's them, it's not their meds. It's it's Doctor know. Who's meds. That they were going to share the drugs, so they would no longer have radiation poisoning. So the Daleks took, but, dr- the but drugs. they are lying. They have an entire conversation in in their voices that I literally can't understand what they're saying. It and wasn't every, easy. Every for time me they would speak, we would pause it, and you would tell me what mm-hmm. they had said because that's how hard I could not understand. This. And I had to guess a couple of times. Um, but they they wanted the drugs for themselves, so they don't have to live in their little enclosures. Yeah, or the sweets, as the DVD the case. Describes them as they're metal sweets. The metal sweets. So Susan is sent back to the cell, but is allowed to keep some of the meds by the Daleks because the oh the Daleks nice. Oh, oh. they want them to live for well, some lovely. reason. Um, the Daleks also every now and will just bring a pizza in. Um, <laughs> they feed them all. They're gonna overfeed them. They're like <laughs> they're like goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, all our humans died. <laughs> how, just, Greg, fed how, them too much. How frequently were you feeding them? I just gave them three meals. How, when? Every hour. Just on the hour? <laughs> you can't, you can't, Greg, you can't overfeed your humans. Like, we told you about this when you had the orangutan. Like, you can't, you can't, you have to f- space out their feedings. And if you, you can't do like open can feeding because they'll just eat the food. Yeah, and then they'll make themselves sick and their stomachs will explode because they can't stop. They can't stop. It's, it's bad. You have, you have to, you have to ration their food out, Greg. We'll try again. We'll, we'll, we'll go to PetSmart we'll tomorrow. We'll get you an adoption human. Is this the point where Barbara sticks her hand in the food? Okay, yeah, because they're trying to figure out how to escape. And Doctor Who has the brilliant realization that, oh, 
The floors are made of metal. The walls are made of metal. The Daleks fucking stink of electricity. So... Does electricity have a smell? Like do- like dodgems, like bumper cars. That was his, his, his big... Does that Conclusion. have a smell? Yeah, they have this kind of like like copper pennies in the air kind of smell. Oh, I've never noticed that. We'll have to go to uh, Magic okay, Mountain. Okay, yeah, we'll go to Magic Mountain just so I can, and I'll walk out into the bumper cars yes. and sniff and just... the floor. <laughs> Ooh, and then you get hit by a car. <laughs> and then that's how I die. Yeah. And then the podcast becomes the life to get it with Ben and Drew. Who's Drew? My friend Drew. Okay. We've been looking well, for a... it's good that you have someone. You have a short list. We have we have put you know we wanted to work on a project together for a while now. So, and the only thing stopping him is the fact is that me? you're still alive. Oh, yeah. okay. He's been plotting your death. God, I want this podcast to end. In this episode, not generally. That'd be okay. madness. Although we've watched a lot of clangers over the last... No, we're going to have some good ones and it'll be yeah. fine and life will be beautiful again. So they've taken the drug and they... they so set, they're all better now. They, and, they, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, they set a trap for the Dalek where they use the Bed, bed Bath & Beyond shower curtain on the floor and then... And an insulator. And then he wanted to call him Will because I've been watching Star Trek The Next Generation today. Ian takes a light. <laughs> the stupid brunette guy. <laughs> otherwise known as Will Riker, um, takes his lighter and uses it to wedge the door so it doesn't shut properly. And Barbara... Oh, that was a lighter? Yeah, it was a little I guess in the 60s, everyone had lighters. Yeah, why not? Um, there's a shot, by the way, as Barbara is preparing. She's got like, a glob of food in her hand, and it just cuts to her hand. And there's no delicate way to say this, but it looks like she shat in her own hand. It looks like there was there were no bathroom facilities in this cell. Like, what are you going to do with it? And she's just got this glob of shit in her hand, ready to go for when the Dalek is... We're not sure what she's going to do with it. We just know that she's got it in her hands. And then it becomes apparent. Yeah, she globs it all over the Dalek's eye She says, hey, Dalek. And he's like... (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. She says, hey, Dalek. And the Dalek just says, yes. Yes? (laughs) But in a, like, yes. And then it's like, hey, Dalek. Yeah, what's up? What do you want? How you living? And then he's and then Barbara and then just the shit goes splat, in his eye. Yeah, his mud in your eye. Blam. Mud. Yes, mud. Bigger air quotation marks over the word. And then the Dalek gets pushed over the blanket. Shower curtain. Uh, shower curtain. Thank you. And then it just immediately shuts down. So they do. They scoop out the innards, which we don't see because they use we the blanket. We see like a little hand sticking yeah. out, but they take the. I guess the the little critter lives inside. Yeah. And then Ian climbs inside the Dalek with some, uh, under some duress, under some duress, the house of duress insists that he get in the Dalek. And then he, he, he says there's a bunch of levers and dials and then the, and Doctor Who is like, well, no, we're just going to push you. And if anyone asks, we're your prisoner. So they push him in the Dalek yeah, they, they out of the like cell. Yeah, they just weirdly tug him along. Yeah. He just kind of rolls along. Uh, they encounter another Dalek on their way to the elevator. They encounter another Dalek. It's like, hey, what are you doing moving the prisoners? We didn't. There weren't any orders, and the Dalek is, uh, Ian Dalek is confused and like, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know, and then Susan's like, I want to go back to jail, and runs away to well, try she to- she runs towards the, um, doesn't she? She, she runs, runs towards, towards the elevator, because the, the idea is that the prisoners are being wants, transferred. Because she wants to progress the plot. Yeah, as do we all. Susan's the only intelligent person in this entire movie. And they go in the elevator. Like, yeah. it's really not a big deal. There's some conflict- well, when they get into they the elevator, it it the first, matter. the other Dalek like radios up and says, "Hey, the prisoners are on the way up." Like you said, 
and then gets a message back saying, uh, no. not re- we didn't want that. And then as they get out of the elevator, the alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get Ian out of the Dalek, but I guess the clasp is stuck on the back. Yeah. So they just leave him. They abandon him. But he's like, leave me. This is only moment of bravery in the entire movie. I'm slowing you down. Well, there were several points at which I was like, I really hope Ian dies. (laughs) He He just needs to go. And then the Dalek Ice Stalk like looks directly into the camera and says, I'm an unnecessary plot element. (laughs) I'm a superfluous character in this narrative. And uh, then the Daleks show up and literally blow up the the Ian Dalek. But he's not in there. Uh, He's safe. He's safe. What a fun little gag. What a little... They, they really got me. A little fun little trick they pulled. <laughs> so, Doctor Who. Doctor Who, Susan, Barbara, and Ian arrive back at TARDIS. And the Thals are just camping out. Yeah, they're, they're just, just hanging, hanging out, out, all of them. Chilling all Max and all cool, and I was shooting some b-ball outside of the school. And uh, the leader, uh, Asbestos or whatever his name was, gives Doctor Who a tiny pyramid that has... Half it's a million not, years it's worth. It's not of, a pyramid. It's not it's a pyramid. It's an octahedron. You know what? You're right. I, I am right. It's a D8. He, a, a big D8, D8, a D8. On which the entire history of the Thal people is written D8. over half a million years. And and Doctor Who is like, oh, this thing's got over. This thing goes back half a million. How how do you how do you know how do you know that? I don't know. Does it matter? Does it anything doesn't... in this? No. No. Um. So Team TARDIS, which is what I'm calling them now. Team TARDIS. Team TARDIS. TT. Reveal to the Thals, hey, the Daleks definitely are evil and definitely want to kill all of you. Basing that on, I'm going to say zero information, other than the fact that the Daleks are dicks. Come come there. Come a chameleon. Come come, come a chameleon. (laughs) They came to the the city. That's what eventually... No, that already happens. happens. Does that, I, so much of this movie is so... This is the point in the movie where I start to lose interest. The, the Thals got the the correspondence from the Daleks. I was yeah. like, hey, come over for a dinner party. And they were hey, like, Hey, you up? Cool. Question mark, question you mark. You up? Uh, come over, Netflix and chill, <laughs> and we'll feed you. Hashtag 100. So the Thals were like, cool. They come up to the city with their baskets. Yeah, they think that the Daleks gonna... are going to take them out to dinner to Olive Garden, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to fill up on breadsticks. Yeah, and then um, the Daleks try to kill them. They succeed at killing one of them, but that way they they all escape at the same time. Yeah. The TT and Team the Tartus. Team Tartar Sauce. So Doctor Who tries to convince the Thals that the only way to ensure their continued survival is to fight the Daleks. Yeah, you know, violence begets violence. They're peaceful people and he has to convince them to be violent. Yeah. And he kind of does. He does so. They have a map of the Dalek city, which I guess they just they just have it. They just have it memorized. Um, and uh, like it's mountains on all sides except for the back, where there's a swamp full of carnivorous monsters. We don't so really know what it's full of. We just know that the swamp kills people. It's yeah. never really expounded upon. It it's briefly mentioned that there's something living in the swamp, but it's but not. we never learn what. It's yeah. just a danger swamp. So that yeah, they're like, hey, we're gonna most we're gonna send a bunch of thals through the front entrance, but then we'll surprise them by sending a bunch around the back entrance. This got really sexy really fast. This is the point in the movie where it, like the 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 kink factor kind of gets. Oh yeah, well up. I guess the the sexual uh the the crackling sexual chemistry between Doctor Who and Ian. No, uh, asbestos. Asbestos. 
As best as I can tell. <laughs> well, no, because like you said, there's that scene of the doctor talking to I think to you those thought of Ian because um, Asbestos does do like an Ian Malcolm kind of lounge. Yeah, yes, he does. The way their outfits are designed, they're very like, the chest is always exposed on mm. the men. There's a lot of like peck cleavage going on. And so at one point he is lounging by the fire, having yeah. a conversation. It's very and it's, saucy. It's, it's just very charged. It's At least that's what I got from it. The raw sexual energy coming off yes. of asbestos in that scene is palpable. Yes, I palped it I for sure. Palped all up in. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ian, Toothals, and Barbara walk into a bar. Ouch. And they, they're, they're, they're the ones who are going to through the swamp up the backside. Yeah, they're going to, yeah, break in the back, I guess. So one of the, th- uh, three thals, because one of them gets eaten by the swamp. Oh, yeah. Huh. Just, There's he a just... red shirt thal who just is kind of a throwaway thal. Yeah. I'm going to say this about this movie, because we're just trying to plow through the narrative at this point. This movie is nothing. A this movie of, is awful. A lot of events happen. Yeah. But they don't really contribute in a meaningful way to the overall plot of the story. So maybe it would behoove us to just kind of push through this. Yeah. Bypass some of the... Cause like, they go through the swamp. Someone dies. It's whatever. They cross a chasm. It's kind of what... Like, like they go through a cave. There's a lot of... Poorly... Place, yeah. There's a lot of... Here's the thing. In the hands of a... I'm going to use the word competent director. I think that the scene where which follows, which is them going through this network of caves and having to jump over this this chasm, I think that scene, in the hands of a better director, could have had some tension. But it is tension that, A, is fleeting because you know that most of the characters are going to make it across the chasm. Mm-hmm. And B, just kind of... The movie stops so that they can jump over. Yeah. And here's the thing. You can tell, because this movie was an adaptation of the BBC, the serial from 1964, that is to say a television program, not like a, like, it's not like Fruity Pebbles was adapted into a movie, although that could happen in today's society, who the fuck knows. But because the, the point of the serial was, we just, we've just got to fill half an hour of television. You've just got to get this script out and work on the next one. Work on, like, they were still in that habit yeah. of like, let's kill some time here. Yeah. And so, and here's the thing. As iconic as the Daleks' first appearance on the TV show is, the serial in which they make their debut, is great for like the first two, maybe three episodes, and then it is so boring. It is so boring. And they've taken that movie. The great thing about this film is for the longest time, like up, you know, until home video was a thing, seeing this movie in the theaters was the only way to relive this Doctor Who story and also experience this Doctor Who story in color. And because this film came out in 1965, which was four years, four or five years before classic Doctor Who would transition to colour broadcasting, I can only imagine the giddy thrill of being a 60s Doctor Who fan in 1965 and finally getting to see the Daleks in colour and on the big screen. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself, I think, is historically relevant for Doctor Who as a franchise. As a film, this is so boring. I am so bored at this point that like I'm I'm at the point of like almost calling for a Digimon style mulligan. Not to end not to like let's trash this recording, but you just stop talking about it. I'm not I don't feel like I'm having fun talking about it. I'm annoyed that we have to go through the beats of this plot. I'm just trying to remember what the next beat is so we can hit it and move on. I'm not making any jokes about this. I don't think I been funny. I feel bad for the person listening to this podcast. Jeremy, I'm sorry. Jeremy, we let you down. Je- I'm, I'm letting you down. 
I'm annoyed. And I admit that part of this is because I didn't have a lot of sleep last night. And I admit that part of this is because my entire food input today has consisted of a pot noodle and maybe three bags of ruffles and some peanut butter on bread. And a diet fresco. And a diet fresco. That's my food intake for the day. And I will eat later because we're going to have D&D. But this film is so mind-numbingly, frustratingly empty. It's just... It's like a screensaver. It's just nothing... There's no consequence there. Like, the film is trying really hard to be something by making one of the characters this kind of bargain basement Dick Van Dyke knockoff. And Peter Cushing, bless his heart, trying so hard to make his version of Doctor Who interesting and slightly daffy, but kind of a fun grandfatherly figure. And none of the pieces come together because the serial that it is based on is so slow and plodding that even after you cut an hour out of that narrative, I'm still bored. Are you okay? I'm annoyed. You, is there anything else that you want to talk about while no, we're here? No, I don't think there is. It seems like there's, you need to unload a bit. You can talk to me. I think I'm You can talk to me and Jeremy because we're here for you. I... Let's plow through the rest of this movie because I'm sure something in there will Basically, be worth making they, fun of. they get through the challenges that are thrown their way and they end up in the city because the Daleks want to blow up the planet again. They want there yeah. to be so much radiation that nothing can possibly survive that the, the drugs won't have any effect anymore. Yeah. They want to be the only... Yeah. life forms on the planet. The Daleks want to riggedy riggedy reason. wreck the planet. Yeah. Is the planet named in this movie? Um, It said the name on the back of the DVD box, but I couldn't tell you from memory what it is. It's a made, it's a, it's a made up word. Because in the TV show it's called Scaro. I think that's correct. Okay, I wasn't I sure whether that's ever S. mentioned yeah. in the in I don't the know film. if it's mentioned, but um, I read that on the back yeah. of the DVD cover. What else? <laughs> Jesus Christ. They go there and they there's a big wacky battle where they pit the, they like turn all the Daleks against each other. Like they just physically manipulate them and spin them around so they're like blowing their um fire extinguishers at each other. Yeah, this scene reminded me a lot of the Doctor Who season four finale, which obviously you've seen in the door. Um, Love it. There's a lot of Dalek pushing and Daleks exploding and Dalek on Dalek action. <laughs> Hot, steamy, Dalek on Dalek action. Those Daleks are getting all over each other. It's sexy. It's hot. I'm in. I'm into it. You are wearing a Dalek shirt. I'm I literally wearing a Dalek. It's it for this movie. Even, it didn't even occur to me that you had dressed for the occasion. Now I feel Here, underprepared. Here's the thing. Not only is this a Doctor... The thing you just said is also a Doctor Who reference. What did I just say? That I'm dressed for the occasion. That's just a normal phrase that humans say who speak English. <laughs> You'd say that. And you're right. So the, the Thals, I guess, overpower the Daleks. Yeah, they learn that violence is the answer. So they all escape, leaving the Daleks in their city. And uh, T- Team TARDIS gets back into the TARDIS. Yeah. And the Thals are left with their various Sephora makeup kits. Yep. And their witch starter kit that they just got, got at Sephora. Yeah, with the, the white sage the smudge white- sticks. So they're going to cleanse the planet. Yeah. Get rid of all that radiation. The TARDIS takes off. And uh, Ian opens the door and there's a bunch of Romans marching towards him. And he's like, oh no. And then he just like has a seizure. It's, but I'll say this, it's stock footage of Romans that is clearly shot at like ground level. Yeah. So it's as if the TARDIS has been it's, shrunk it's, or is like... Or it's like, like halfway in the ground. Yeah. Like they phased through the earth. So then he shuts, slams the door shut and just starts pressing buttons and pulling levers. And it's like the music cue, everything, it's all played for laughs. Ha ha ha. But it's not funny. Nothing about this is funny. Roll credits. 
The bad. It's a bad film. I you you at oh. one point pointed out that this whole movie is just like people in terrible circumstances weirdly taking it in stride. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people just like oh yeah, uh, like they time travel and they they leave the TARDIS for the first time like. Doctor Who has just gotten TARDIS functional. It's his latest invention. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, That's fine. Cool. There's cool. really Ian, who was supposed to be like the audience avatar character of like, what is all of this? Yeah. But he's just like, oh, okay. I was going to go have dinner, but this this is cool too. They're very, like, very... Let's just do this instead. It's so blasé. It's like they know that they should be time traveling. So they're just like, well, I guess we've time traveled. I don't fucking who gives a shit. Yeah, like they, it. It's like they're just on a road trip, and it's like, oh, this like, gas station is closed. I guess we have to go to the next one. <laughs> like that yeah. level of up. Oh, uh. Nothing exemplifies the blasé attitude every character has in this movie. Quite like that Dalek where Barbara's like, "Hey, Dalek," and the Dalek's like, "Yeah." Like, that's, <laughs> that's the pinnacle of that. Um, but I, I get the impression that everyone who worked on this movie was just like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. It's going to make money either way. I'm getting paid to be in it. I'm contracted for the next one. Fuck it. Do you have any thoughts? This one has been really hard. Yeah. Did this make you want to go out and buy a Dalek toy? No. I. It didn't make me want to go out and buy a Dalek toy I, either. I feel like I understand them a little better, maybe a little worse. I actually am not sure where I stand mm. anymore. I've learned information, but I know that the information is false. So have I learned? I think you've These learned... are the questions I'm asking myself. You've learned a segment of Doctor Who history that is bafflingly, despite the fact this is probably the, the widest release a Doctor Who story has ever had because it was a theatrical release. This is this movie is really only known and appreciated by Doctor Who fans. Like no one is like, oh, I just oh, like so that I've one been, movie. This is like special. Like, yeah, this is like going into the special Mormon church. I, 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 well, I wouldn't describe anything about this movie as special, but in much the same way that pretty much almost exclusively my Sailor Moon experience is the live action Sailor Moon, and then the movies that I went to see with you and Mandy. That's but my first exposure was the the live action series was pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Mm. So for your first exposure, like main exposure to Doctor Who lore, yeah, that's kind of what this is. I for the time, like I see them, they're capitalizing on the success of Daleks in in the popular British mainstream. I think they could have made a better movie. I think this was a movie. Oh yeah, they could have absolutely made a better movie. Even taking the same raw ingredients that they had. From the narrative of the serial, you can you can take those ingredients and tell a similar but much tighter story. Like, a lot of this just felt like, this is how they did it in the serial, so this is how we're going to do it in the movie. And it's rough. Yeah. But I can totally see people, you know, in 1965 being excited about seeing bright, colourful Daleks. Yeah. And I can see... There's an element of spectacle to it. Yeah. If you're used to seeing it on a tiny black and white screen. Yeah. And then suddenly, it, yeah, I, I understand that. And maybe they thought that they didn't have to try anymore. Yeah. Because they had that going for them. Did did you see any of the Star Trek The Next Generation movies on the big screen? I think I saw Insurrection okay. on the big screen. I think that was the only one. Because I think I was a little young for... First Contact was 97, I want I to say. I might have seen First Contact. Wait, it might have been 96. I can't remember if I saw First Contact in theaters... Um, I think it would have probably been too scary for me because mm. I remember like watching it at home as a child that it freaked me out, and I was always yeah. scared my parents were going to turn into Borgs. 
Because that just happens. Because that could happen because yeah. they could just turn around and suddenly there's veins and implants yeah. on their face. If you saw any of the Star Trek movies, the next gen movies in the theater, did because I, I know that obviously next gen is like a big deal for yeah. you. And I, I grew up with next gen as well, so it's a big deal next for me. Next gen too. is like, it's my Star Trek. Yeah. Like that's... It's mine. Did you have that excitement of, yeah. that's data, but on the yeah. big screen? So that's a feeling then that, yeah, that you can... I and I understand that, yeah. yeah. And I, I had that I as well. I was like, that's my I, friend. Yeah. I'm so glad he's doing well. Like, there he is. Like, see, I remember seeing First Contact in the theatre and not just it's all of my friends from the TV. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, they're doing a sequel to The Best of Both Worlds, mm-hmm. which is like the big Borg story. That excitement. Like, I, I can take how that feels and use that to simulate... Or how that felt at the time, and use that to simulate what it must have felt like to be a fan of yeah, Doctor Who yeah. circa 1965. But um, does that redeem this film? No, absolutely not. Um, but I, th- I think as a toyetic enterprise, I think it it's colourful. The Daleks are sufficiently Dalek-y. Was it successful then? Do you know in bolstering the sales of these fun little toys? I'm gonna look it up. Reception. Let's see. Tie-in products. There were comics. There were there was an ongoing comic strip in TV Century Twenty One comic, which featured the Daleks from the movie. So it's unclear whether this had a okay. s- statistically significant effect on sales. It's not really. It was the twentieth biggest money maker on the British box office in nineteen sixty-five. What does that mean? Didn't perform well in the US. It means it was the twentieth highest-grossing movie that year. It doesn't seem impressive in the UK. It didn't. It it was a flop here. That makes in the sense. US. That checks out. Um, critical response. Uh, Radio Times just gave the gave the film three stars out of five and said this spin-off lacks the bite and inventiveness that set the landmark series apart, unwisely injecting humor into the sparse scenario. And the cheap art direction is strictly one hundred and one uses for pink plastic sheeting. Oh no, that's so mean, but so accurate. <laughs> However, despite the many faults, it's still a fun ride for both the uninitiated and diehard fans alike. That's a lie. That's false. It's not. I didn't have a fun. That wasn't a fun ride. On the uh, Lego emoji scale, here's the thing. I I think it that's probably the most accurate scale rather than the battleship clue scale. Yeah, it's or not the clue a clue battleship scale. Yeah, it um, is meant to sell as something, and it is based on an existing franchise. So we have to consider how true was it to the spirit of the original franchise, and also how transparently were they selling this, yeah. these products. It's a limp. I think I literally yeah. just called that word. It, that's, limp that's is the best word. That's a great description. It's yeah. a flaccid adaptation. Yeah. It's not great. I I would say that it's further, it's closer to the emoji it's end not of the good. scale. Yeah. I never want to watch it again. And it's I, not soulless. It just seems confused. It's not soulless. It's just without soul. <laughs> soulless implies a kind of, almost a malice. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a vacuum, it's just empty. It's not going to suck you in, it's just nothingness. It's not malicious, it's just thoughtless. Yeah, but we're free now. We're free. And you know what, we're free to uh, prepare ourselves for next week's movie. What are we doing next week? I don't know, I know it's a Barbie movie. I think it's Fairytopia, but I'm not positive. I did go on and on and on about how how I was pretty sure it was Fairytopia. <laughs> so if it's not going to be Fairytopia, I'm going to feel like a dingus. Yes, let me pull it up. Oh! <gasps> It's the princess and the pauper. Barbie as the princess and the pauper. <gasps> oh my god! This now, is one of the ones that I had a poster of. This is one of my favorites. And if you say anything bad about it, uh, this podcast is over. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so this, I'm guessing this is this based is on the Mark Twain high, novel. Yes. My only well, extremely loosely. This is um, 
this is Barbie's first musical. Okay. This is a musical. Oh, it's a musical. I know. Oh, no. I know all the songs. Oh no! All of the words to all of the songs, and I is hope still, you're going to be ready for that. Is it still that shitty bookend that they've been using for the previous movies? You know, I don't remember. You th- okay. I'm pretty sure it doesn't, but I'm not positive. Okay. Oh, maybe it did, cause cause I remember Barbie's narration, but I can't remember what in what scenario would Barbie be talking to Kelly about? You know what it's like when you like have a twin. Yeah. I don't know, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Fairytopia is the one after Princess and the Popper. So I was close, but Princess and the Popper is so much more exciting. Okay. Um, I am all the way ready for this, especially after the experiences <laughs> that I've had recently in the films that we have watched. And then I think after that, we're going to do some fun ones. Because we haven't, I think that a lot of This the, is a fun one. I think the movies that we've done uh, over the last few weeks, like we did Batman and Robin, Gem and the Holograms, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Doctor Who and the Daleks. Like, I feel like we haven't had a club banger in yeah, a while. Yeah, well, I feel like there's been a lot of us doing pratfalls yeah. for your entertainment. And we're just really sore and bruised now. Yeah. And we want to maybe do some, like, a different style of humor. That doesn't yeah. involve us suffering. You know, I'm going to throw out a picture, episode 26, the Lego Batman movie. I think that will be fun. Yeah, I also haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, and I have the Blu-ray, and I've never actually seen it. I haven't seen it, it so. since I... Did we watch it together, or did you lend it to us? I know I've I think seen I lent it, it to you. Okay. Yeah. Because I have seen it. Yeah. I think I think we're due for a fun one, and then we'll... We talk- just need a break. Yeah. We need a vacation. We need a vacation from this vacation. From this vacation. Um. So we'll do that. I think... I think we'll try to pick some that are, even if they're bad, they're like fun bad. I think that should be I like our next one of episodes. I thought these were going to be fun bad and yeah. they weren't. I think we need to use a little bit more foresight because I think we need... Uh, we need to pace ourselves and we haven't been doing that. Yeah. We've we've just kind of been... Sh- it's what, what we've been doing is it's the equivalent of going to McDonald's, getting one of their shitty quarter pounders, going, ugh, that was gross, and then immediately ordering another shitty quarter pounder. Expecting something different. Yeah, and it's never going to be different. Yeah, it's time for a McFlurry, guys. Absolutely. We're going to give ourselves some... Is is the Barbie movie the McFlurry? I think so. The Barbie movie is the McFlurry, and then uh, Lego Batman is uh, an apple pie? Are their apple pies good? It's been They're a okay. long time since I ate at McDonald's. I, maybe like a Batman movie is like a McGriddle or like the pancakes. <laughs> are, are McGriddles worse? I don't know. It's been a long time since we've had a McGriddle. Uh, maybe they're the, the pancakes. And then next week we're also... Is it next week? Very soon we're recording our next Patreon, um, Patreon episode. episode, which is going to be Tom and Jesus Jerry Christ. in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh my God. Um, I like how we just got done talking about how we need a break. <laughs> we need to stop hurting ourselves. And now we're going to watch Tom and Jerry and Willy Wonka. Um, but you will be able, once we've recorded that, you'll be able to listen to that if you are a Patreon supporter. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash thelifetoyetic to support us there. You only need to pledge as little as a dollar a month to get access to all of our bonus features. What bonus content will we be putting on the Patreon? We have the bonus episodes, which we just mentioned. And we're going to be doing some live streams and Q&As and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's going to be pretty so fun. So you can AS your cues. Yeah. The A stands for ask, I guess, in this scenario. Yes, I hope so. Um, we, will, we will A your cues. Yeah. Uh, a dollar gets you access to everything. Five dollars gets you a quarterly seasonal postcard that will be designed by Molly. Yes, I am working on the fall one currently, so that will be going out soon. It's it's pretty cool. It's going to be great because you're good at art. 
I, I try really <laughs> hard to give that impression. Um, at the $10 mark, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the episode, like at Hey, It's Billy Rose, Hi, who Billy. is wonderful. My very best friend, Billy, I love you. <laughs> and uh, at the $100 level, you are Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. How's it going? We don't have a Good Jeremy yet. That slot spot's open. There can only be one Jeremy. So as long as someone is backing us at the $100 a month level, that person is Jeremy. they're Jeremy until they stop. And then or the until they die. And yeah. then there is a new Jeremy. Or what if they die, but like no one takes care of their Maybe affairs, so they, the, the payment still like, comes to Well, I think month. like if you, die, if, you are Je- okay. if you are Jeremy and you die, the title of Jeremy goes to your next of kin. <laughs> yes. And then they decide, I guess, what they want to do with that. Yeah. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash thelifetoyetic if you want to help support the show, if you want to help us pay for renting movies on Google Play. Yeah, or hosting the website. And therapy bills. Also really important, especially uh, after this one. Yeah, you know, all the usual stuff. Um, other than supporting us on Patreon, the other really good way to help with the show is to spread the word. Do leave a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcast. If they allow you to leave a review, leave us a positive review and let your friends know about the podcast. Let your friends know, your enemies know, whoever you want to uh, tell about the podcast. Encourage them to listen to the show. Little shows like ours are 100% dependent on word of mouth to grow and expand our audience. And so more people can listen to the nonsense that we are recording. So we are dependent on you, Jeremy. dear Jeremy, to tell this other people so that they too the can be Jeremy. One. Yes. Our theme is the Toyetic Toe Tapper, which was uh, arranged, composed, and recorded by the brilliant Brian Melbourne. Thank you so much, Brian. Am I forgetting anything? You don't have anything coming up. I do have something coming up, and it's relevant to this episode. Starting this week, if you are in the Los Angeles area, every Sunday at 7.30, the doors will open at 7 o'clock at Geeky Tees in Burbank, California, I will be hosting a live Doctor Who after show. The new season of Doctor Who starts... Uh, on BBC America on uh, October 7th. And for that week, every week for 10 weeks, I will be doing a live after show at Geeky Tees where we will be discussing that week's show with spectacular special guests. I've heard the lineup. I don't care about Doctor Who, but I'm excited about this lineup. It's really cool. Our first one is going to be uh, this October 7th because, of course, it is. That's when the first episode airs, which is the same day that Geeky Tees is doing their uh, TARDIS Crafts Fair. So there'll be a lot of vendors selling lots of really cool geeky themed stuff but a lot of doctor who stuff you should just go hang out at geeky tees on the 7th it's gonna be a good time yeah um but our guests for the first ever um after show which is called look who's talking because i'm very very clever at coming up with names i'm very good at it is uh, oh it's like who yeah i got it <laughs> Um, our guests for the first week are Riley Silverman, who is a wonderful comedian. She is one of my all-time favorite people. She's fantastic. And Jessie Pridemore, who is a cosplayer and actor, and you've probably seen her uh, in some uh, other projects. But she was also on Cosplay Melee on sci-fi. sci-fi, yeah. And she's great, and I'm really looking forward to discussing the show with them. We have a bunch of really cool guests lined up for future weeks, including people who have actually been on Doctor Who. So I'm really, really excited about this. It's $5 admission at the door. That gets you into the after show. Geeky Tees will be showing the new episode of Doctor Who in the store as well for free. You do not have to pay to watch the show. Um, But if you want to come to the after show and and hear us talk about the episode, that is $5 at the door. And your $5 goes towards making sure I have a McDonald's quarter pounder in my stomach. 
And then October 19th to the 21st, San Diego WhoCon in San Diego, California. I will be there doing panels, doing live playthroughs of the Doctor Who RPG for funny, funny purposes with funny, funny people. Go to sdhoocon.com to get tickets and more information, including hotel booking. All of that stuff is there. I think that's it. Well, we're going to mosey. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I have been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. Barbara's shit. hoping you wouldn't say that bit so it was just like a judgment on like her her talents and ability I I laughed so hard I farted a little bit I'm sorry goodbye Try again, I'm sorry. Let's not put that in the episode. Please, 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 please. I like it when you beg. (laughs) 